0: Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, friends, as far as I can tell, there are two options. There are two ways. The first way is is the way of that very popular, a merry um, Christmas carol, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. You remember the song. It ends, essentially, climaxes with, From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. And the idea is that I've decided right here and today that I am no longer going to be down to the dumps. From now on, my troubles will be out of sight. This is what all our life coaches tell us. This is what we're all about. Let's pick ourselves up by our bootstraps. From now on, I'll go back to that negativity no more. That's the first way. The second way is what we read in the gospel according to St. John. Light has come into the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. Did you really hear that? Light has come into the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Well, as I said earlier, it is still Christmas, friends. We've got 12 days. If you're a kid here today, never remember, when I was a kid, we used to celebrate Hanukkah because my mom's Jewish, and we would have eight nights of presents. Well, you, you should tell your parents, we have 12 days of Christmas, so I want 12 nights of Christmas presents. <laughs> But a few days ago, we had our annual Christmas pageant. All the kids got dressed up. It was very cute, and in many ways, this is how I learned about what Christmas was when I was a kid. I learned about the shepherds, the angels. Most importantly, I learned about God made flesh, the baby Jesus. But I mentioned the other night that a lot of us like to kind of stay in that place. We like to keep Christmas cute. We don't really want to look into what Christmas really is because we are afraid that it just might make, turn our lives around for good. It might just make a demand upon us. And if you're like me, I don't like demands at all, so I'll run the other way. I'll keep Christmas cute. I'll keep it all about, uh, you know, reindeer and Santa Claus. What we see today in the Gospel of John is the exact opposite of all of that sentimentality. John has no nativity story. John has no shepherds, no angels, no stars, no magi, nothing. Instead, John begins the way the first pages of the Bible begin. In the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. St. John is audacious enough to steal the opening line of Scripture. And he's doing this because he's telling you and I, who are so prone to sentimentality, the stakes are very high here at Christmas. In fact, they could not be higher. The author of Genesis is talking about creation, and so is the author of the Gospel of John. The author of the Gospel of John says that Almighty God, the God that created all that is, the God who is separate from creation, who is free, who is not dependent upon creation, decided to become a part of his creation. There's nothing like this in the Judaism of my youth. There's nothing like this in Islam. There is nothing like this in the world's major religions. Almighty God has become one of us. The feast of the incarnation is the feast of Nicene doctrine. And what that means is in a minute, we're going to do what we do every Sunday. Right after the sermon, we reaffirm our faith by saying the Nicene Creed. And so often, when we say it, we're thinking about something else, or there's too many details, and so we kind of space out. But the beginning of the gospel according to St. John is fleshing out what we're going to say in a moment. What we're going to affirm as our faith. We believe. Almighty God has, in fact, become a Slav just like one of us. The other night, the Gospel according to Luke emphasizes the helplessness of the Word made flesh, emphasizes that he became a baby, just like you and I did, completely dependent upon those around him. And the Gospel goes on to say that he dies in the same way that he was birthed, completely helpless on a cross of wood. And yet, this is the way that God decided to come down, to be a part of his creation, to invade it, to take back what is his. It happened in a way that none of us would have expected. None of us, quite frankly, probably would have wanted. He came to the far end of the Roman Empire, that part that did not matter. He grew up poor, and he seized power, not in the ordinary means, not in the way a Roman emperor would do it, not in the way Alexander the Great did it. He did it by giving his life away. The Gospel of John emphasizes that same point in a different way. John focuses on the glory of this helpless. Son of God, the helpless babe, the helpless man upon the cross. John says that God became one of us because in this world there is a great darkness. There's a great darkness that you and I feel. There's a great darkness that we see every time we type in news into Google. There's a great darkness in our own personal lives. According to John, God became flesh because the cosmos has fallen into this darkness and this world needs light. And there's that great line that I began with. Despite everything, despite the fact that this doesn't look like success, it looks like failure, John says boldly, light has come into the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. According to St. Paul, the darkness is known as the powers of sin and death. And those powers threw everything they could at Christ, even to the point of killing him. A humiliating death. Naked, suffocating to death. But according to St. John and St. Paul and all the writers of the New Testament, this was the Trojan horse. This is what God came to do. This was not plan B. This was not some mistake. This is, was the plan all along. God became flesh. The light has entered into the darkness and as St. Paul makes clear, while sin and death, The darkness may have dominion over you and me. It has no dominion over him. He has come from another sphere of power altogether. And though they threw their worst at him, he was victorious. The light has come into the darkness. The darkness did not overcome him. Sin and death have no dominion over him. He alone has the power to reverse the course that the cosmos is on. And this is why, my friends, light has come into the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It's so much better news than from now on, because of my decision, our troubles will be out of sight the witness of the gospel, if it's anything, it is this. Despite our best efforts, despite our best intentions, you and I could not make right what was wrong. But there is one who can. And there is one who did. There is one who right now, even though sometimes we can't see it, is beginning to rectify everything. All that has gone wrong is being made right in him. For light has come into this dark world, and the darkness did not overcome it. So ultimately, friends, I find that the second option is far more hopeful than the first. Because I can work myself up to do whole thirty for the month of january i can get myself into diets and into working out for periods of a time and i can tell myself that i am no longer going to do that thing i am no longer going to hurt those i love the most and yet i don't know about you but i was just home for 3 days and i was 3 days and i couldn't help but get into a sparring match with my father Thankfully, we overcame it, and maybe you were at that place as well. But I know that I do not have the power to make my troubles forever out of sight. I need a power from without. The creator of the universe has come to create again. That's what John's saying when he's parking back to the creation. He is saying that Christ has come For new creation. As Jake likes to say time and time again, the light has not come into the world to make you better. No, the light has come into the world to make you brand new. You and me. The light has the power to heal, to reverse the course. And this is because this darkness has no dominion over him. This is because the darkness could not overcome him. God in Jesus has come to create a new family. Namely you and me. To rectify all that has gone wrong. And it is he and he alone. Who can make right to all that has gone wrong in your life. So whatever you're bringing here this morning, whatever the pain, whatever suffering, whatever seeming defeat, the light has come. And he has been victorious. He is beginning to make right all that has gone wrong. He is beginning to heal. And so we latch onto him because he was victorious over death, And so will we. Not just mortality itself, but over the deaths in his life, over the deaths of your life. He has come from another sphere of power altogether. And we have hope. Because as we cling on to this man, to this God-made flesh, we know the darkness will not overcome us either. And this is why, as we're going to sing in a moment, this West African Christmas carol that gets it. It gets that the Feast of the Incarnation, the Feast of Nicene Doctrine, is the best of all possible news. And that's why we're going to sing Joy to the World in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.